back, everyone, to the third episode of the It's All Good in the Brotherhood podcast with me, Brother Francisco Whitaker, and my brother, Nate Whitaker. Yeah, hi, guys. Good to have you back. Today, we're talking about um, music, actually, all things related to music um, in philosophical ways, seeing what is good about music. Um, is there such a thing as objectively good or bad music? How do we judge that? Is it based in theories or is it based in um, things we can see in people who listen to music? So we're going to be tackling all those topics um, in just a minute here. Yeah, well, actually, before we get to that, I'm kind of just curious about your taste in music. We actually, Nate and I, were having a conversation a couple weeks ago, and we kind of realized we don't jive necessarily on our same choices in what we prefer to listen to. So just kind of curious, what what's your music preference? Like band preference, genre preference, what kind of do you, music do you like to listen to? Right. It is kind of surprising when you're talking on the phone. I know the conversation you're talking about where we realized we have a difference because um, as a homeschool youngest kid in a family of uh, several boys, I was largely influenced a lot of my preferences by what my brothers liked. Right. Um, and so... A lot of the bands I grew up listening to were because it was you or our older brother's favorite bands at the time, um, including probably Green Day when I was a little bit too young yeah. <laughs> um, and things like that. But the older I got, and especially after you guys moved out of the house, I started branching out and kind of finding music for myself that I started um, really jiving with and that I came to realize is quite different from your guys' music taste. So I really like, um, I'm not so much a band person properly in, in the sense that I'm not loyal to just listening to one band all the way through every song they have. Uh, I kind of float around from uh, one day I'll listen to one artist, next day it might be someone else, but I really like uh, specific songs. But if I had to name bands that I really have stood out, um, that I consistently like their songs, it'd probably be Coldplay, uh, U2, I like Oldies, and also Journey, another classic band from the 80s. Um, I guess I genre-wise, I really like oldies in general, 70s and 80s music, especially the hits. I'm kind of maybe superficial, but I, I like the, the ones everybody knows, a lot mm -hmm. of those, the oldies from Michael Jackson or Whitney Houston or Asia or Journey. And I know that's pretty different from you, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I am not really an oldies fan. I've always, not always, but I've not really liked the kind of 80s twang guitar, jazz guitar, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and even like the percussion of 80s, as I've never really liked. Hmm. Um, I do like Journey, uh, some of their music, and U2, U2's I've always actually loved. Yeah. Um, but Michael Jackson, I've never, ever liked his music. Hmm. Um, I, I just something about that era, I, I don't know. I just something I don't like the tone or the, the pitch or whatever is the sound of it right um, i my favorite band has been my favorite band since i was eight uh which is an alternative rock group called switchfoot um i th they think they now formally identify themselves as an alternative christian rock group but when they started they were more mainstream uh just i love their lyrics uh, mm -hmm. and in this their sound changes pretty much with every album and I really appreciate that. They're not like a one sound band. They are branched out. Yeah. Seemingly from yeah one album to another. It's could be funk sounding. The next one could be pop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you mentioned Green Day listening to that. They're a one sound band. I mean, power chords the entire way through. True. Kind of grungy. Um, I, I love listening to them, but yeah. they're, they're not really a lifting and, or no. branching out. And then my second favorite band would be Muse. 
uh, indie rock group from England. Uh, great workout music. You turn on MK Ultra, Uprising, either you know anything like that, and you just get really pumped. Which I agree. Yeah, Muse is well across the board. I'd say Muse is a good um, band to listen to, but especially for working out. Yeah. yeah. So, and I guess area of agreement is Coldplay. I, I really like Coldplay, uh, particularly their more melancholic music. Mm-hmm. If I do like the kind of a little heavier metal, maybe indie rock. But I also, if I'm not in that setting, uh, I really do like melancholic music. Yeah. Um, and I, I like classical, you know, to study. I love Latin Gregorian chant so mm-hmm. much. Before I even became a monk, I did. But since then. More so since then. Especially since I learned how to chant. Right. Um, that has really added to my... Right, that's his own style of music. Yeah, exactly. So so in some ways, I think we overlap. Um, but in other ways, it was kind of very different um, right and and yet while we have different it's not to say that we're different in the sense that we're like isolated in two totally different camps yeah of like oh no i just like this and you just like that because i think we both have a range i like yeah everything from like we said 80s to some modern pop and a little country or i like jazz like sinatra um and kind of oldies or big band or uh, rhythm and blues like marvin gay i don't know if you ever listen to him no pretty no. much any of those eras you just mentioned i don't listen to yeah see sam sam still uh he still hasn't grown up in terms of music but yeah you know what that's okay yeah that's okay it's okay you yeah. know what that's all yeah. right i i i, I, brand, We're I actually, all at different places i listened to some 20s era music recently oh yeah 20s that i actually Slaps. i kind of liked it i kind of yeah. liked it you know uh, like the uh, little rascals like kind of Era. background music interesting I, honestly of all of the older kind of music i could kind like, of vibe with that one yeah uh, but yeah uh like big band like it's okay i never right. really like that much big band jazz not a huge fan country i tolerate at best probably the difference would be how we listen to music because i often listen to music as a background sound so when i'm cooking i like maybe jazz or something sure or when uh when you're going for a drive in the car like, it's got to be, like, 80s music or pop is always good. And maybe a little country. Um, and then classical, if I'm studying or... or yeah, I know. I definitely low. agree with you on that one. Yeah. So. Okay, well, I also like show tunes. Yeah. Uh, like, musicals. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love those. Right. Um, Any particular standouts? Well, The Greatest Showman, I think, right. is my current favorite. Yeah. Cur- uh, current is in... You've been singing nonstop since 2019 or 2018. Okay, I mean like whatever the current out. musical favorite. Ah, I oh, also I love My Fair Lady. I oh, love music, music from My Fair Lady. So yeah. As far as that goes, yeah. I think for me it'd be probably Fiddler on the Roof. But. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 pretty pretty solid stuff. Right. Uh, so. Well, so just obviously, you know, we like different music, but kind of a question about musical just in general is, do you think there is objectively good music? Right. That's an interesting question, and I know people have been asking that for a long time, because what makes one bit of music any better than another? Is it just that it sounds nicer or less nice? As our little debate just proved, or kind of argument, um, seemingly, it maybe it's just different strokes for different folks. Some people yeah, love exactly. this kind, and another person will hate that kind of music, yeah. and love a different kind. So it's kind of hard to pinpoint whether uh, music is purely subjective or objective. I guess one thing that I do know that has been theorized by people for a long time is maybe it comes down to a mathematical harmony. Mm-hmm. So, um, for example, you know, chords and, and different relations between one note and another on a certain scale yeah. are often relations of kind of ratios in terms of number. Yeah. So 
some people have thought that the more uh, perfect in some theoretical way the numbers fit together in a given uh, score or piece of music, yeah. the more beautiful it will sound. And that's how you can judge whether it's good or not. Okay. Um, well, that's, I guess, suppose one potential reason why music could be good. But wouldn't you also say that it could be based on like effect more than more than cause cause like so the to reduce it to a mathematical principle is to say the cause of the music being good is well, the, the reason music is because the cause that it was mathematically based right whereas if what about the effects that it produces in people couldn't that be potentially like a more objective way of looking at what music is good or not i guess again it'd be a little difficult to, to tell um because of as we've said how people can respond differently to the same music in seemingly subjective ways but i guess say more about what you mean in in judging the effects of music in people okay so i'm thinking from kind of a platonic approach to music theory so um plato we're going to go down a a platonic philosophical mind shaft here for a second yeah just hold on ladies. Uh, (laughs) yeah uh fasten your seatbelts, and if you don't have seatbelts, just hold on tight um so Plato understood in his understanding of the human soul um, that it was composed of three parts. There was the desiring part, the spirited part, and the rational part. Hmm. Um, so the desiring part was kind of your primordial drives, like uh, in desires, your, your sex drive, your desire for food, mm-hmm. um, for comfort, then there was the spirited, which was kind of your emotional response of action. Putting that into action, the, the same drive that you have. Yeah, yeah. But even, you know, uh, like good or bad action, you know, like what, what moves, drives you to, to action, mm-hmm. that, that part of yourself. And then the rational is your intellect. What is the deciding decision basis for your actions, mm-hmm. um, your, your logic, your syllogisms, all of those conclusions, your judgments, the rational. Mm-hmm. Well... He would say, because he was a Pythagorean, and you talked about mathematical relationships, so Pythagoreans did believe in this mathematical understanding of music, mm-hmm. and that a ratio is a sense of type of harmony, mm-hmm. so that a music's effect on a person is supposed to be harmonious. Right. So, so done in an ordered way as opposed to disordered and chaotic. Yeah, exactly. So Plato, drawing from that tradition, uh, understood that there is objectively good music based on its effect on your parts of the soul. Mm-hmm. So the parts on that lowest, the desiring portion, right. is it brings it into harmony because your desires, they're all over the place. Right, your physical tendencies are going to be, yeah, one minute you're hungry, the next you're um, thirsty or you have sex drive, whatever. You're kind of, if, if they're not kept in check in an ordered way, they're kind of just, you're going to be thrown around in kind of the waves of your yeah. current feelings. Yeah, exactly. And he saw that, harmonious music you know good music was kind of a remedy to rein in those disordered disharmony uh, in that part of the soul to put them in their place that they're mastered rather than the master of you exactly exactly so from that then there's if there's disordered music the kind of the converse uh that there would be a disorder and a disruption in the person. Mm. So he did see that there was objectively bad music too right. that would stirred the soul to erratic, irrational activity. Yeah. Now, he also talked about the second part of the soul, uh, the 
what we call the spirited or the, or the emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, he he saw that music was could inform the person's action. Right. Yeah, and I think that's an important point that Plato brings up in like his great work, The Republic, because Plato actually sees it um, as really essential to the character of a person, um, the kind of music that they listen to. So, for example, The Republic, if you're not familiar with it, is a work basically dealing with how a person can be um, virtuous, specifically focused on justice, but in general, how a person can be virtuous right, in yeah. a well, well-ordered, efficient way. Um, and one of the things he points out, basically the whole work is him um, talking about all the different aspects of life that have to be taken into account when creating an ordered and virtuous life. And one of the important kind of first ones he brings up is um, orderly music. Yeah, that's done in a harmonious way, because what he thinks is that if you have disordered music, as you brought up, then the lowest parts of the soul, the lowest of the three parts, um, dominates the the whole soul rather than being kind of reined in, like you said. Yeah. So the your your passions, your constant constantly changing emotions. Um, dominate the intellect rather than the intellect being the master of the emotions sure. in an ordered way. Yeah. And so he says that uh, you reach, if you have that bad music, you can be sort of irrational in a way where the, you don't maintain this ratio, uh, which he sees as kind of the place of virtue. He sees some um, virtue as something that lies in ratio and in a place of orderliness within the soul, hmm. whereas the extremes... Uh, between we, we think of ratio as sort of a um, something ordered or or a mean between the extremes. Yeah, um, he would say the extremes are the places where you enter into vice or bad habits or bad behavior. So, for example, um, it's good and virtuous in a way to eat a healthy quantity of food. Sure. Yeah. Um, not too much, but not too little, enough to maintain good health and muscle and things. But uh, the extremes, that, that's kind of the mean between the extremes. The two extremes would be eating way too much, that's unhealthy, or not eating at all, that's yeah. also unhealthy, mm-hmm. and in a way unvirtuous. So he thinks that this orderliness between the extremes is what really results in the soul in, in virtue. And he thinks that music can reflect that harmony and actually bring it about in the soul. When you listen to orderly music, uh, as opposed to disorderly music, you can maintain that mean between the extremes. You can maintain that order and harmony within your own soul where the intellect is governing in a proper way the uh, emotions rather than the other way around. And in contrast, if you listen to bad music, you lose that orderliness and you go to the extremes of um, being vicious on one hand or, or some other kind of vicious on the other. Hmm. So, so as a way of kind of promoting virtue... We're specifically talking about justice, justering is like rightly ordered of the person, mm-hmm. right? So if music then is a promotion of virtue, it's we're looking at the spirited part of the soul, right? right. That which drives us to action. So good music curtails that action, so it's done in a proper way. Yeah. Um. It's it's not extreme, like you said, or it's not lacking. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, I think that's really interesting. Plato also actually talks about then the highest level, the, the intellect, the rational, also being touched by music. Because mm. he says that music offers the gateway for the soul, particularly in its rational sense, yeah. to receive truth. Mm. Um, he also says that music gives its listener 
an inner love for knowledge and truth and by giving a sense of rhythm to the soul right sharpens the intellect for the d- discernment of truth so by taking in music in its ordered way it orders the mind in a sense that it now is prepared and ready to receive harder things right. truths deeper truths that's why he actually says that music should be the foundation to all education hmm. before you even study philosophy right. he said you should be educated with music because it orders from the from the very bottom your desires mm-hmm. to your spirit the way you move actions into the way you even think right which in that sense is pretty cool right but if we take that platonic idea of music then is there objectively good music again we i guess we come back to where we started and we've talked about a good bit but it's hard to judge in what way what what is the key distinguishing factor that we want to look to is it in cause or effect i think we've been talking about the effects yes. so far the effect that music has specifically on people and it seems like what the last thing you just said would seem to allude that there is objectively good music judged by the effects that it has on a person in respect with how virtuous they are or how able they are to have a sharpened intellect to receive truth. You see this even with um, little children. So infants, it's proven if you give classical music to them, they can actually learn some things faster. They can learn how to talk faster. They develop in intellectually Mm -hmm. at a quicker rate than those who are never exposed to classical music so it seems there you see it very tangibly the the intellect is being sharpened by wholesome good music and so you could say okay i guess that then that means that is objectively good music yeah no i and also another example uh, rap is certainly like a really big genre these days and i'm not the hugest fan of rap um, but mm-hmm. there are some, you know, that like are pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's that's a place that disrupts that. We talked about the spirited. Mm-hmm. I think that's a play. That's a t- genre of music that done incorrectly definitely disrupts that spirited. Yeah. I mean, people who listen to rap, uh, the rap just tends to be, I feel like, pervasive with more anger and kind of frustration. Right. Uh, and certainly a lot more <laughs> explicit language. Yeah. And but definitely more angst in general. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if that is what the person is receiving over and over and over again, mm-hmm. it's going to kind of build up that angst and that impatience and that anger so that their spirit is no longer ordered towards what a good action is mm-hmm. from in those between those two extremes. But they've right. kind of fallen into that extreme now. Right. Um, and I'm not saying anything directed specifically against rap. That's just kind yeah. of the genre right now that it's is prevailing. in that sort of dangerous gameplay right no i can even speak to that from personal experience because there was a little phase i had where i was starting to get into rap this past year and during that i would say that in a way that wasn't rational or necessarily super conscious i wasn't making decisions to feel this way exactly it was an almost automatic that i could feel myself experiencing this angst when i would listen to it i almost enjoyed it sometimes Mm, because you get these these weird kind of cathartic feelings but I would experience those, and then, rather than, like we were saying, good music should sharpen the intellect, in a way, my intellect would kind of be dulled in some small ways. Mm. And Plato describes the, the good music as informing the soul, like we said, it's a three-part soul, kind of like a household where everything is done in, in good order. Yeah. But when the bad music enters in, it's like there's a household is in chaos. There's there's no one governing it. There's no one being governed in an ordered proper way Mm -hmm. so you don't have harmony you have chaos 
And truth can't get into that sort of household. Yeah. And you, you actually see that historically, too. Back before um, there were these kind of modern forms of more maybe angsty or revolutionary sure. music. Yeah, yeah. Um, back in the 60s, when the Beatles broke out, yeah. and when rock was basically revolutionized by, by new um, artists, mm-hmm. it and that was what I would consider good music, as we've talked about earlier. Yeah, I, yeah, right. I like that era a lot. But it revolutionized a lot of things. You see that it fueled the hippie generation. It fueled <laughs> yeah. the sexual revolution. Exactly. It turned society basically on its head. And I really do believe that music had a huge part to play in that because in a way it, it stimulated the passions, the, the kind of emotional tendencies within people yeah. to a point where it ro- overrode or overrided their intellect. So they mm-hmm. were just behaving however they wanted to behave. Yeah. Not thinking necessarily, just going to Woodstock, whoever it was, mm-hmm. and just, just doing. Not yeah. not thinking, just doing. Well, that really speaks to the incredible power of music, mm-hmm. which I think is why this topic is so important about objectively good or bad, because of its power on people. Yeah. Music wouldn't still be so prevalent in people's lives if it didn't have so much power. Yeah. And because of because of that like innate strength it has on people is why we need to kind of question, like, is there music that I should listen to or should not? Right. And a common theme among, we talked about the Pythagoreans, we talked about Plato, Aristotle too, and Boethius later uh, yeah. in his philosophy, something that is common about all of them is that music needs to be a remedy, a, a means mm. of healing. Yeah. If And by healing through peace, whether it's by mind, um, soul, or even body, actually, the Pythagoreans thought that music could actually feel physical, heal physical ailments. That's really interesting. Um, that in the Constellation of Philosophy, actually, um, so Boethius, if you haven't read the Constellation of Philosophy, it begins with, opens with Boethius. He's under house arrest. He knows he's going to be executed. And he's kind of all caught up in his suffering. Self-pity. Yeah. And Lady Philosophy, personified, appears to him and reminds him of all the good things that he has the goodness of philosophy, mm-hmm. all the truths that he forgot. And you know what's curious? How does she remind him? By singing it to him. Mm-hmm. And there, I actually wrote a whole paper on that. Right. Why is it that she sings it to him? Because the music itself... Is healing him. Yeah. Not just the words, not just the lyrics you sing. Yeah, everything about it. It's healing tones. who he is. Yeah. And I, th- I just love that image. Right. That, like, music has more power than just the words. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people say like, oh, you know, this doesn't do anything to me. It's just words. Right. Uh, sorry, words have power. And when you add rhythm and melody, and there is so much more power to them. There is. Uh, that's that's why, you know. For well, why the... do you think soldiers go into battle traditionally with like, you know, choirs or, or buglers are common for all of history in armies? Like, yeah, it gets there has to be some up. sort of power there. Yeah, yeah. The drum. Right. Keeping order. I mean, there's music associated with almost every action of the human person. Yeah. I mean, our liturgy is the way we worship has music. Um, you know, the, the way food, I mean, like, there's always, like, a musical background when we're eating. Right. It gives ambiance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, music puts us in moods. It provides an environment yeah, in which exactly. we do all of our actions. And do we need to ask what are objectively good moods right like is it it's okay to be a little sad sometimes yeah. like melancholic but is it okay to be angry right like there's justified anger but is it okay to be angry for no real good reason right 
um is it okay to just like spew out <laughs> expletives for no good reason and if it's not okay to just dwell or entertain those kind of emotions then that would seem to suggest that it's not okay necessarily to be engaging in the music that spurs on those emotions yeah yeah exactly case in point you brought up the constellation of philosophy which is a great book um but before as you pointed out lady philosophy comes in and sings um this whole kind of narration she gives to him to console him yeah she actually she doesn't just come in and bring in her melody she sends away other um singers who are singing to him at first that's true yeah the bad muses exactly the bad muses are in there basically providing him with more material to have self-pity which i've thought of that myself you know when i'm yeah, down or yeah. something i listen to like some sad country song <laughs> to fuel it exactly and and i just want to listen to more sad music over and over again as some sort of catharsis but it doesn't always help there are no, times yeah. when music can be harmful yeah, that's funny. I forgot about that she did that with the three muses. So right. he music even there is portrayed as both good and bad. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, doesn't she call them like the three whores at one point? Something like, like that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty hilarious. Well, they are because they're 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 yeah, attracting they're his like lowest passions to yeah. just he wants to engage in this self pity endlessly. And I think that that's right there. And I think our good last point is that. Bad music, I think, turns us in on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And good music turns us outward. Right. Like, whether it's liturgical music, mm-hmm. whether it's some country music, even a rap song done well could do this, right. is that we understand that there is something beyond us that calls us out of ourselves. Right. But bad music focus us, focuses us in on ourselves. And that, contrastly to what you might think, is actually disharmony. When you focus on yourselves, you're now no longer in unity, another transcendental, with the things outside of yourself. Which is reality. Exactly. Right. No, that's actually a really good point, just to finish up, because, um, like we said, it's beauty is kind of a way in which... that Music is one of the main ways in which beauty avails itself to us. It's a huge aspect of beauty. Oh, for sure. Um, But also, like we said, as Plato suggests... Good music also um, kind of conditions the soul to be receptive to truth. Yes. So it's it makes sense that these different transcendentals, um, if they're so wrapped up in music, then it would make sense that good music is the sort of thing that transcends us, meaning um, it goes mm. beyond us. Yes, it's yeah. something outside of us. It, we, yeah. we get in touch with it, not the other way around. Yeah. We mm. go out yeah. to access good music because it leads us upwards towards a higher beauty a greater good and a more beautiful truth than we ourselves can be. And like you said, when we get caught up in our experience of music, which is often what happens with, yes. like, if you ever listen to atonal music, that's <laughs> yeah. a kind of music that people say, well, <laughs> yeah. maybe it's subjectively or subjectively uh, beautiful, but it's always those kind of arbitrary or, or debatable songs and, and styles of music, it's always focused on the singular individual's experience you for sure so it's focused on you yep but when we turn outward and don't focus on ourselves the music that drives us to do that that's what we think can identify as good music because it leads us to the transcendentals yeah and and i think too like the best music is shared Mm -hmm. like uh, music should never be written just simply just to like be you know yeah like Think about like listening to a symphony, right? You have a whole community of people participating mm-hmm. in music mm-hmm. for another community to listen to. Right. And that's what unity we're talking about. Yeah. Each on their own, a part of an orchestra, is playing 
something that on their own would not sound that great. Right. But together... Sounds tremendous. Yeah. It's beautiful. Right. It's good. It's united. And that's an aspect that Pope John Paul talks about, actually, in his letter to artists, about the real goal of the vocation of artists is to build community through art. And music that builds community is good music. And music that focuses on ourselves then becomes bad music. Right. It gives me a lot to think about. That is a really good, I think, way of wrapping up. I really like what you said, Cisco. Just that idea. Yeah. um, Yeah, good music is that which allows us to transcend and go outside of ourselves in a freeing, really liberating way so that we kind of wake up to what's around us and and want to share with our community. Bad music is what just turns us inwards and just keeps us focused on ourselves and our own experience of the sounds. Yeah, so for all of you listening, the next time you pop on a tune, maybe think about what you're listening to. You know, what is the message, the truth behind it? What What is the beauty that it leads you to? Right. If you can't ask those answer those questions you know it doesn't necessarily mean you're listening to garbage right but maybe try to try to then branch out find something a little bit uh more powerful a little bit more deep Mm -hmm. um something beautiful right Um, because that's what we're created for is is to experience goodness truth and beauty and if music is the way that we do that as humans then uh yeah we should really be aware of what we listen to yeah so well, thank you again for uh, for listening to this. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, until next time, peace out. God bless.